How to Navigate the Coming Internal Air Quality Revolution in U.S. Buildings Written by Marshall Stereo Narrated by Gail Crew Cornet Global's The Source Magazine, February 2024 More than three years after a novel coronavirus was first identified in Wuhan, China, the world has learned a lot more about indoor air quality, IAQ, than most people probably wanted to. In the early days of the pandemic, as the transmissibility patterns of COVID-19 became clearer, country by country, state by state, and city by city, populations by the millions were ordered to shelter in place. COVID, many soon learned, was easily spread between occupants of shared indoor spaces. Preventing transmission meant avoiding indoor gatherings, even with loved ones. The American population now lives in the wake of the realization that indoor public spaces are fundamentally unsafe in a surprising and profound way. Many individuals continue to mask up indoors, and nearly everyone is more suspicious of a cough than they might have been just a few years ago. Perhaps it's because of that sense of distrust brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic that the virus is being implicated in a perceived breakdown of basic societal interactions. But, as the saying goes, you can't break what's already broken, and this country's antiquated institutional understanding of indoor air quality certainly meets that criterion. America's IAQ problem. Historically, buildings around the country have been regulated by internal air quality regulations for longer than most people might think. The Great Sanitation Awakening of the 19th century implicated filth as a cause of both disease and disease transmission. Social reforms followed, with regulations targeting indoor air quality focused primarily on keeping occupant perception of body odor at acceptable levels. While the reduction of odor is laudable and its effects more immediately noticeable, this antiquated understanding is no longer applicable in a global interconnected world where an infected individual can hop on a flight in Sydney and be halfway around the world in San Francisco 14 hours later. If there's a silver lining to this very grim cloud, it's that the pandemic allowed researchers to study air quality in greater detail and with greater precision than ever before. And the findings of that research are resulting in action at the federal and local levels in government and industry alike. In March of 2022, the Biden administration released its Clean Air in Buildings Challenge, developed in collaboration with federal agencies including the Environmental Protection Agency, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and Department of Energy. The challenge, which offers recommendations and resources for improving ventilation and IAQ, was accompanied by billions of dollars in the American Rescue Plan, set aside for improving ventilation in schools and government buildings. The CDC, likewise, is signaling a renewed focus on IAQ. In May, it updated its recommendations regarding ventilation in buildings, which outlines steps to improve air circulation and cleanliness. Among the vanguard cities for IAQ action on the local level is New York, which was hard hit and early by the COVID-19 pandemic. In July, the Wall Street Journal reported that city officials were poised to propose a batch of new indoor air quality regulations. The legislation, which has been in the works for more than a year, gained new urgency when smoke from Canada wildfires began to blanket the region this past summer. The two bills, if passed would require the city to create standards for measuring, monitoring, reporting, and enforcing IAQ inside schools and municipal buildings. 
The New York City regulations highlight an important point in IAQ discussions, namely that reducing COVID-19 transmission or even disease transmission in general is not the only motivator for improving air quality. Indoor spaces are subject to a host of threats, some seasonal, others omnipresent. These include airborne viruses and bacteria, nitrogen dioxide, formaldehyde, carbon monoxide and other pollutants, dust mites, pollen and other allergens, and mold. The most impactful actions so far may be the publication of the American Society of Heating, Refrigerating and Air Conditioning Engineers' New Airborne Risk Mitigation Standard, Standard 241. The ASHRAE standards published in June of this year establish minimum requirements for reduced building occupants' risk of exposure to infectious aerosols in new and existing buildings. While the standards do not have regulatory powers in themselves, ASHRAE standards are often referenced in local building codes and are also commonly used by consulting engineers, mechanical contractors, architects, and government agencies. The upshot of these developments is that architects and building engineers will increasingly be expected to emphasize IAQ when designing buildings. And that's going to require something of a paradigm shift in how to treat HVAC during the design process. For instance, HVAC systems are typically designed independently of lighting, which are in turn designed independently of daylighting. These operating silos are not conducive to efficiently controlling IAQ, which relies on interactions between these components of the building. The EPA defines integrated design as the consideration and design of all building systems and components together, adding that it draws from all disciplines involved in designing a building and reviews their recommendations as a whole. To meet these new higher standards for IAQ, like ASHRAE Standard 241, and deliver optimal IAQ performance, key team members, including the architect, mechanical engineer, electrical engineer, and contractors, will need to work cross-functionally, identifying efficiencies and negotiating trade-offs as they arise. For that approach to work, it's more important than ever that each team member understands the principles of IAQ, particularly air filtration and cleaning, especially with the contemporary emphasis in building design on establishing hermetically sealed, energy-efficient indoor space, designers of buildings will likely need to lean considerably on air filtration and cleaning technology. These designers should know that while traditional HVAC systems hold their advantages, they are accompanied by noteworthy limitations when it comes to air filtration. Consider air changes per hour. Many HVAC systems can only sustain a modest two or three air changes per hour, ACH, regardless of the type of filter employed. Pre-COVID, MERV-11 or MERV-8 filters were standard, offering suboptimal defense against airborne contaminants. However, adding MERV-13 filters or higher puts pressure on those HVAC systems, jeopardizing their efficiency and imperiling indoor air quality. Importantly, achieving the CDC-recommended 5-ACH with HVAC systems alone is unfeasible. HEPA filters present a more robust solution. Designed to capture nearly 100% of viral particles, HEPA filters outperform even MERV-13 filters, which capture only around 50% of viral loads. Sealing air purifiers equipped with HEPA filters home in on harmful particles with precision, bolstering indoor air quality and cultivating a healthier atmosphere for occupants. Perhaps unintuitively, the particulate capture rating of the filtration device isn't the sole consideration when it comes to IAQ. Additional considerations when selecting air purification technologies include energy efficiency, ease of maintenance, durability, and style. Case in point, 
While portable air purifiers offer localized purification benefits, they present their own set of challenges that hinder their efficacy. Vandalism, misuse, and energy consumption are recurring concerns, compounded by the potential for human error. Instances of employees failing to power units on or off or tampering with controls undermine the reliability of these devices. Furthermore, portable air purifiers can generate noise disruptions. Operational noise levels can disturb the tranquility of a space, impacting concentration and overall comfort. The continuous operation of these units also escalates energy consumption and shortens filter lifespans, translating to increased maintenance costs. Ceiling-mounted air purifiers, by comparison, effectively overcome many of the limitations of HVAC systems and portable units. Strategically positioned to optimize air circulation and purification, these purifiers maintain a discrete profile. Additionally, models with noise levels of 50 decibels or less conform to the maximum tolerable noise level for spaces with occupants. Critically, ceiling units are scalable to achieve the requisite 5 ACH, providing an ongoing cycle of air purification. A public health win. There's no question that the indoor air quality revolution is here, with unlikely revolutionaries such as city officials and even the President of the United States pounding the drum. That it should take a global pandemic to spur on this much needed change is truly a tragedy. But with any luck, the IAQ revolution will be discussed in the classrooms of the future, alongside the great sanitary awakening and banning smoking in public places, as a major tipping point in the history of public health. About the author. Marshall Stereo is the CEO of Surgically Clean Air, a Toronto-based manufacturer of commercial-grade air purification systems.